Okay, we are not on Skype yet. Let's get Skype up and going. For those who are joining. Um, what was Aaron's explanation why they burnt the cover chattas? Aaron's explanation why they burnt the cover chattas? I don't know. He didn't answer the Skype. Hmm? The guy said they want to be on Skype and they don't answer the phone. I'm missing people here. Yeah, people missing on the group. One minute. Got to try to start a share now. We're online. We're not on Skype. Sorry. Try one more time. Um, why is he not in the group? He was always part of the group. I can't open the group itself. What's going on over here? Isn't that all the people? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, there he is. No, hey, number nine is missing. Nobody's on. But he's missing. Is he on? Maybe he's on. No. He's not in here. Why is he not in here? Who? You done? You did? Yeah. No, she's on. Oh, she's on. Okay. okay. Try again now. Okay. Pasha Shmini. Okay. Pasha Shmini. Shabbos Pasha's Pada. Shmini. I don't know who that. That's your number. No. Calling to your number. What does he know? His house is booby trapped. Okay, someone move the paper. I move the paper. is one of the Dalit Parshas unlike any other of the Dalit Parshas or the four Parshas it needs to be connected directly to one of the other Parshas we'll soon explain how what went Shmini is unique in its own right in that Shmini 
can sometimes be read eight times. Yeah, people having issues on the line. Okay, we got to do it again. Call failed. Okay, let's do it again. It says. Papers disappear from a minute ago till now. Okay. Shmini can be read eight times since we read on Mincha, Shabbos Mincha, Monday and Thursday. And if it comes out in a kvias, Where Pesach is in between on Pasha Shmini, then Pesach comes in between on Pasha Shmini, so we have to read it prior to Pesach, and we read it on the Shabbos Chalamoit Pesach by Mincha, and we read it once again on the Monday or the Thursday after Pesach, and then ultimately on the Shabbos, which would then mean translate to eight times the reading of Pasha Shmini. the notes or lost the notes. Improvise, huh? Should not be. Is not. Ouch. As we said in today's um, text, the notification for tonight's year, we're dedicating tonight's year to our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael, those who physically experienced today, those who were affected by relatives that were affected today, that were hurt today, or Rahman al-Islam killed. And even to our brothers and sisters in Israel, who merely living there, even though they live there out of the love of the Holy Land, it just gives them that one more issue to look over their shoulders about, not know how, what, when, and where happened when they could be sitting in that seat they could be sitting waiting for that phone or bus stop or on that bus obviously it's not any less of a chance of getting hit by a, a car in Brooklyn or crossing Queens Boulevard But nonetheless, living in constant fear, being constantly reminded
being constantly reminded what the Golis is all about and the anti-Semitism that we go through last Shabbos the Fogel family today this The darkness of the night is darkest right before the day. Right before daybreak is the darkest part of the night. According to Zoya, according to Chazal, according to everybody, Not dark, darkness at the end of the tunnel. Remember the darkness at the end of the tunnel, light at the end of the tunnel. Light at the end of the tunnel is a wonderful thing. You have the uh, optimist and the pessimist. The optimist sees the light at the end of the tunnel, he says, I'm getting out. And the pessimist says, it's an oncoming train. So the light at the end of the tunnel doesn't do much or mean much for us. What does, though, mean is the fact the light of a minute candle pushes away the severest of darkness. There are times where we can feel darkness. We, come, we confront darkness that we literally feel physically. We come into a room and the darkness prevails over us. This darkness is very, very severe. And this darkness has many ways of getting alleviated but not always do we need a floodlight to drive away the darkness the smallest of candles can drive away darkness so much so that if you light that candle in the middle of this dark dark room it grows a halo doesn't just that one little candle it grows you see it spreading when we come into a predicament like today, a predicament like what happened today in Israel, they say every cloud has a silver lining. We don't see the silver lining. We don't see it we can't relate to it and in America the words are it's easier said than done it's not what I'm talking about it's easier said than done it's the dentist giving the root canal forgetting to give an injection and when the patient is jumping and screaming and yelling he says I don't know why he's screaming it doesn't hurt me (laughs) (laughs) I had occasion on tests other 
which was last week, a relative of mine had a little issue. The child wasn't feeling well. He called me at 11.30 at night. He said, you got to write to the Rebbe. They thought maybe it's appendicitis, and they, they wanted to operate. So immediately wrote to the Rebbe. I opened up Igris Kedish to a letter, to two letters, that the Rebbe wrote on Tess Other. Many, many years ago, obviously. These two letters, one letter spoke about the concept of an hapachu, which is the whole thing we celebrated of Purim, turning things over, feeling better. Purim, you weren't feeling that well. <laughs> okay. You were so close yet so far, you got to the doorstep of my house practically. <laughs> we now know what a true Asia's child is. Um, she let you stay in the car in that condition. <laughs> Not being worried that you're going to puke all over it. Um, the second letter, the Rebbe told the person, I mean, please hold on to your seats. If anybody in line is listening and you're standing, sit down. How important it is to sit and to learn Torah and to involve yourself in Torah not to be concerned about the people in Japan, because they are not Jewish. That is not our worry today. That is not what we have to be concerned with. It's in a letter of Tess Oder how many years ago. The whole world was... I have to remember what Kerach was. The world was turning upside down about the nuclear reactor, and about the people in Japan, the people in Japan. Five slaughtered people, a mother, a father, and three little Pitzelach children are slaughtered, and it was not mentioned. It was lost. I spoke on Purim by the Siddhas Purim. We had Baruch Hashem, a very full house here on Sunday evening. And we had students from YU, we had students from, from Washington Heights, we had, uh, we had a family from Cedarhurst. It was a beautiful, beautiful Siddha Baruch Hashem. And I had one person here, a guest, that used to write in the New York Times. We know who that is. Yeah. And I spoke about what's going on now in Gullis, because, I sorry, let's give an introduction to this. The theme of Purim this year was construction crew and we were building the base of English. So everyone in my family had a hard hat and a vest, still sitting there, and we had construction tape, warning tape, caution tape all over the house outside, and the Shalachmanis was a toolbox with building Legos, and with logs, and with uh, rock candies, everything to get the Besamidus running. A bottle of wine. So on Matzah Shabbos, the liquor was flowing more freely than it was on Sunday, and at one given L'chaim, we told the story, famous story of the Shepal how he had a court case. And it was on Purim. And we decided to make a little court case of our own here. And we set up the men guests here. We made them the jury and the rabbis. And we told them that the defendant 
is Kvayachal, God Almighty. We said God has been in, in motion, in action lately. Namely, He slaughtered a family now in Israel. And there's constant problems going on for our nation at Israel. We therefore are going to now ask you, should God continue what He's doing? Or must He bring Mashiach? Must He send us Mashiach? And it was interesting how unanimously everybody said, no, He must bring Mashiach. I'm sure He's going to listen. I'm sure he's still, you know, still the week is young. It's only Wednesday night. He has a chance still to the Druid. But in the interim, he decided to take out another few cases over here and blow up a bomb in the middle of Yerushalayim and have Arabs shooting on the other end of it. You know, he's, he's playing with fire. Pasha Shmini, unfortunately, um, lives that theme as well. Shmini, though, doesn't tell the story. The name of the Pasha has to ultimately have a significance, have a connection to the Pasha. Yet here, Shmini, Vayhi Bayyema Shmini, talks about Shmini Lemeluyim. Rashi says to the Ben Chomish Lemikri right away, Shmini Lemeluyim. The eighth day of the inauguration, Huresh Chaydash Nisan. Shehukum HaMishkin Be'i, they put up the Mishkin Be'i, Be'yem in that day, Vinat HaLeser HaTaris, Hashniyas Besedir Elam. Wonderful attention, then HaTaris now take, wonderful, beautiful. Pasha then goes on to talk about kosher animals. The what's kosher, what's not, which birds are kosher, which are not, which fish are kosher, which are not. Where does that jive with the shmini l'meluim? But there's another commercial break that takes place in this pasha and tells us the story of Nadav and Aviu. Nadav and Aviu were tremendous tamidachachamim. They were. They were. Same playing. They had. They can definitely play tennis with them. And another one of you decided to bring tennis into the cage kedushin. And as the story has it, the flame comes out, goes in through their nostrils, consumes them both, burns their entire insides out, but the bodies were not scathed at all. I don't remember if it says actually there was a mark on their nose or not even. But so the death of the two sons of Aaron. Where does this come to Shmini? Where did this come to the theme of Shmini the Malim? To understand this, we have to get take things into perspective, like everything else we do in the Torah. And the first thing, the utmost that we have to take into perspective here is that Torah is not a storybook. We read about stories in the Torah. We read about things that ultimately are either found in Medrash or in Chazal, 
they take beautiful storybooks and they make the story of Avram Avinu and they make the story of Akedis Yitzchak and they have little videos of them even it's wonderful, it's amazing this is the way you educate, beautiful but none of these are actually stories none of these are actually happenings that happened in the past that we could just say let bygone be bygone Everything that's brought out of the Torah, Torah is Lashon Hayra, is a lesson. And not only is it a lesson today, it's a lesson Adelam, it's a lesson Torah Nitzchi, and the Torah is a lesson Nitzchi that we have to always remember what we learn from it and how we are learning from it. So in that case, In that case, the question here is, according to sequence, Pasha's Tzav, the Pasha prior to this week's Pasha, the one we learned last week, is talking about a Pesach, they sat for seven days. That's when the, the event of Shiva's Regal, in honor of the Shiva's Yom. Seven days were finished in Pashat We all know the Mechomish is very, very well bred, well read, and he knows Vav is a letter that's Moisif. Vav is a letter that connects the prior story to where we're holding. So if Shvi was the till now, and it was the eighth day, in essence, it's a continuation to last week's passion. But it's not. There is a separation to the extent that we read last week's Av and this week's Shmini. There is a connection, because last Shabbos, by morning we learned Tzav, and by Mincha we learned Shmini. Yesterday, in the week of Tzav, we had the concept of Shmini. But ultimately, they're two separate Pashas. When you have a certain, num- a certain number, amount of Pashas in the Torah, Tzav is one of them, and Shmini is separate. And even more so. Achrimois and Kedoshim go together sometimes. Tzaziyah and Mitzayra go together sometimes. Vayakal Pekudah go together sometimes. But Shmini and Tzav are never put together. So there's a total separation between Sri and Shmini. So we have to analyze what is this Hefzik? What is the separation? Seven is a cycle. There are those that are betters and they go into bets and things like that. And they like to use the, the lucky number seven. Eight is no longer part of the cycle. 
seven days of the week, eight is out of the ordinary. Eight is above the physical concept of the seven. Seven is an entity. From the beginning of the week to the end of the week becomes one whole entity. Number eight is now one above that. And therefore, if seven are the days of nature, eight is above nature. Eight rises above nature. What is the concept of eight, therefore? What is the whole idea of the eight? The Torah is teaching us eight falls into the infinite and godly. Seven is finite of the world, and eight goes above it, goes into infinite. And therefore, eight cannot be achieved only by man. Seven days of the week, the person is involved. Six days of the week, I w- you work, and the seventh day, you rest. And therefore, the entire cycle of seven is involved with your life. Eight cannot be achieved by man alone. Eight needs man and God. And therefore, we have 613 bridges connecting the seven and the eight. And those are the 613 parts of the Torah, which God gives us. What stranger laws could there be than kosher? Keep Shabbos, because God worked for six days, seventh day he rested. Beautiful. What's more beautiful than Shabbos? Shabbos, it's just, Shabbos is the serenity, the beauty, the, the, the calm. The, Shabbos. It's Shabbos. But... I know I worked for six days. So seventh day rest. I know that the Jews left Egypt, so I keep Pesach. I know there was Matan Torah. I have Shavuos. There are mitzvahs I can almost physically understand. Kosher? You're telling me kosher affects us. It affects you, your soul, your mitzvahs. Give me it in, in, in a burger. Can you put a bun? Can you put a bun in that? You know, can you, does that come with fries? I mean, you know, where are we going with this? Where are we taking this kosher that it has a, a direct effect on me? You want to tell me? That chocolate is going to affect me. I know chocolate. Me and chocolate don't get along any longer. The calories, the this, that. We don't. We don't. A whole Purim went through my house there, and I did not touch any chocolate. No, no. I was asking for cyanide, but in the Purim, but I, that has nothing to do with it. I, I, not allowed to. Not allowed to. Me and my chocolate no longer. In in the. That's a cell in the Tirakarta, the Mesh Aran. They won't vote in the Zionist re- uh, elections. So there's different ways to say that. Either you just don't show up to vote, and they look later, your district, nobody came to vote, or you publicize it. 
Now, interesting, Yiddish is a beautiful language. And like any other language, there are words that mean this and there are words that mean that. And there are words that have the same that have two different meanings. To vote in Yiddish is to stimmen. Gegangen stimmen. Which means I've, I've placed my voice in action. Also, when people coordinate, they stimmen zusammen. They work together. They're, they're hand in hand. So these people wanted to publicize that they're not voting, so they had a sign outside their house, Ich mit my wife stimmen nicht. Which in essence, they wanted to say they don't vote, but it also meant that they don't get along. I guess you pay the price for stupidity sometimes. <laughs> Kosher affects us. Affects us. So we look into Kabbalah, and Kabbalah tells us what it does to the body, what it does to the inside of the body. The Rebbe took it a step further. And the Rebbe took it to an extent that the children should not be exposed to non-kosher animals. Not only one should not eat physically not kosher food, but children should not even look at non-kosher animals. In days of yore, there was the, um, um, what's it called? It was about the crib. This little merry-go-round type thing that on top of the crib, and little things would hang down. Mobile. Thank you. Voice from the latest section. A mobile. And the mobiles would have... Uh, someone on Skype must be screaming, Mobile, you idiot. Um, and I can't hear you. You're plugged in over here. Sorry, guys. And um, they had different animals on it. So everybody... You know, if it was a pig, you, you you really thought yourself, you know. Then they never said, no, it should not have any non-kosher animals. A child should not be looking at non-kosher animals. <laughs> I went to Pigeon and Ben today. And I'm very likely to get the frying pan come flying out of the kitchen for saying this story. But it's just <laughs> very funny. And uh, we had to bring a gift. So amongst the things that someone had extra, that they got for their child, they're not going to use it, was an outfit with an animal on it. So my wife says that um, they have, they offered, one of my kids offered that they have a, an outfit with a giraffe on it. With a giraffe? Yeah. She says, and we wouldn't use it, so I could, should, we, should we give it to somebody else? So I said, but a giraffe is kosher. She says, yeah, but this giraffe's an elephant. Until <laughs> 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 the process, you know. <laughs> it was an elephant to begin with, but uh, it was an animal that she didn't put a finger on to begin with. It was a giraffe in the beginning. The rabbit took it to an extent that even the looking at an unkosher animal affects the child. And therefore, the child has to be careful from this. Let us try to analyze one or two different things that are not kosher. The ostrich. The ostrich is not eaten because, I don't know if you know it, it's inedible. Inedible? It eats, it feeds on anything. If it runs out of what it eats usually... It'll eat glass, it'll eat rocks, it'll eat, it eats anything. And the meat, therefore, is, is so tough, and so it's just it's impossible to eat. And therefore, the Torah doesn't tell us about the ostrich. 
The Tzedek says the Bas Yana. What's the Bas Yana? But it's the young ones that still have some kind of tenderness to them. So even that cannot be eaten. There's an animal called the Chasido. The Chasida, why is it called Chasida? Chasida, in essence, is a version of kindness. What kindness does it do? It helps feed fellow animals. It looks after its fellow animals. Its fellow Chasida, it gives food to. So what's wrong with that? Says the Tater, no. A person may not discriminate. A person has to help, you have to help everybody, across the board. You can't say, my friend, I'm going to help, my, this guy I'm not going to help. This is not what Midas Chesed is. And therefore, since this Chesedah only feeds of its own kind, it's not deemed kosher, it's deemed of a wildness. Because it holds a grudge against other kinds. So that's the reason you can't... So we don't eat it. And there are other, each one has its own example and its own story how and why it can't be used. To a, few, a little bit talking about the parasha itself, besides the kosher and the non-kosher. Parasha starts off, Sir Izim Ve'egel, and Chazal tell us why were they taking this year, Izim, the he-goat, to be mechaper a mechiras Yosef, to forgive on the sin of selling Yosef. Wow. Wow, the Mechamish Semika looks at that and says, wow. Where did mechiras Yosef come into us here, Izim? When they sold Yosef, they took his garment and they shechted a seerism, a he goat. And they dipped into the blood of the he goat and they showed the father the garment torn with blood on it. He didn't have a lab, he couldn't check DNA, and he couldn't take this blood as blood. And this apparently has the most physical looking, uh, most similar to, to human blood. Also, it forgives for the eagle, Chet eagle. So now what's the connection, Chet eagle, with the selling of Yosef? Why are these being brought, the Kruzism, for these two sins, what are the sins together? They weren't so stupid and coarse. One of the reasons the brothers wanted to kill Yosef was because they saw in the future Yeravim ben Nevat. Yeravim ben Nevat was a descendant of Yosef. And Yeravim ben Nevat ultimately brought, made two Egel that the Jews should bow down to. He caused many, many Jews to serve away the Zara. So they wanted to, as you say, cut him off by the overpass and not let it get past first base. So let's kill Yosef. Well, kill Yosef. No, you're of him. They were sticking up for their kids. 
They didn't want their kids exposed to this Yeravim ben Nevat. They figured that they will stop it. First of all, the logic stinks. Because we don't run the world. Yeravim ben Nevat had to be on this world. Yeravim ben Nevat is going to get onto this world. Second of all, you didn't kill him, you sold him. Their logic, someone else will kill him. Their logic, him intermarry, so he won't be part of the nation. All the different thoughts of the warped logic they can come up with. So in essence, for them, their concern was Yeravim ben Nevat bringing up eagle, making an eagle, generations down the line. Where did Yeravim ben Nevat come up with the idea of eagle? From the eagle Azov. <coughs> the one that was brought after Matan Terah. So therefore, says the Terah, says Chazal, that the forgiving was for both, because ultimately the fact that they wanted to kill Yosef was because they were trying to fashbar the other eagle that was built. But the other eagle was only built because the first eagle was built. So therefore, the connection between the two, between Yosef's being sold and between between Yerav Menavot and the eagle, the eagle of the Cheta Eagle, they both were hand in hand. Vayikrivu Kaleida, the entire nation came forth, Vayamdu, and they stood. Vayamdu Nashem, they stood before God. So, what does it interest me? that they came forth the main thing is the Vayamdu of Hashem that they all came to stand in front of the Yerushim so just say Vayamdu of Hashem what do I need the Vayikrivu in the Siddur before we start davening in the morning it says we say I accept upon myself the mitzvah of Hashem in the Sidurim by us, it says before that, it says in little words, instructions, it's correct to say this before davening. I know a lot of people that say those words also. It says it in the Siddur. They're preventing, uh, it's preventive medicine, it's called. So you don't catch, you don't take me up on it later that I, t- I didn't say, if I do an avera to somebody else, and you say, hey, you just said, I said, no, I, I said it because. Now the correction the question is though why is it Nacham Lehm Kedem Atfilah? And the marshal that the Altareva brings down is the child that wants something from his father. So first thing he does in the morning he wakes up and he helps out his brother. And then later he helps out his sister and he helps he starts being very nice in the house. And he has one or two really, really nice days. And he turns to his father and says, Papachki Yacha Chumarojna. I want ice cream, I want something. I want. So father says, you know, you were so good and so sweet and so zis. I'm going to give you. You were so good with your spot, with your siblings. Before we ask anything from the Abishta, from God and our Father in Heaven, we say, I'm accepting to be good with all my fellow children, your fellow children, God. And by accepting such a thing, so God turns around and says, okay, Davai, what do you want to tell me? What did you want to ask for? So then we can start to daven. 
many different things that take place before dying. And then a Shea Journal once they had a very interesting thing printed. A little child started just got a siddha that week. First, you know, it's a big ceremony. Actually, I think Sunday Mitchum is my grandson's siddha party. I think I have to. I will, we will Skype it, Mitchum. Um, and he says um, the little boy takes a uh, siddha it's Friday night, the father went to shul and he's at home with his mother and he says, Ma, what are they davening in shul now? and the mother says here, she turns to the page, Kabbalah Shabbat child turns to Kabbalah Shabbat he looks at the words and he starts le chu ne ra ne na and the mother says that's beautiful you read that beautifully she says that was right she says yeah okay now I can dive on like tati here they came close one with the other because they said, and now that they were close with one another, then then they stood to daven because they were able to bring it together. Then we find a very strange, awkward dialogue between Moshe and his brother. He gives, he tells Aaron what he has to bring forth. And he tells him, take this, and take that, and the shirt, and the ayol, and the canvas, and everything, take, and take, and take, take. And then finally he says to Aaron, Get over there. Get over to his back and do, this, do what you have to. So the Benchamesh, the Mikra again, comes running. What, 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 what is he screaming now? What is he barking at him? Instructions, obviously he's going to do that. So Rashi says, Tzedakta, you're right. Therefore I have to explain to you. Aaron was shy. If you can't read without Nakudas, it might say Aaron Bush. And um, he said, Moshe, when you were by a bush, you got in trouble. Now you put me by the bush? No. Vayeralagashas, he was scared. Well, actually, it's very funny because, ironically, that's the Psharia. You'll soon see how. Vayeralagashas, he was scared to come forth. Emelay Moshe. Moshe says to him, Lomatabesh. What are you scared? What are you shy about? Lakach nivcharta. For this you were chosen. Now, this is in Teres Kahanim. And it obviously makes a lot of sense to translate it literally. Moshe says to him, what are you being embarrassed about? You were chosen to be Kohen Gadol. It's your job. Don't be so shy. Moshe was going deeper than that. First, there's two things here. First of all, Moshe says to him, the the story of a Rebbe that sent one of his students to become a rov in his town. The Chassid said, <laughs> Rebbe, me? Rov in a town? I'm not shaykh. I'm not capable. It's not my, not my forte, not my spirit. I can't do that. 
you have smicha, he says, yeah. You have dayonis, he says, yeah. You daven, like a chosit, yeah. But, 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 Rebbe, I'm not. That's why I'm sending you. Because you keep saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. A guy who says, send me, send me, send me, is not shy to this. He's, the guy who stinks too much. The, hum, the, humil, the, the humbleness and humility that you are exhibiting, that's what brings you, gets you ahead, ahead above everybody else. And that's why you were chosen. Another idea, another explanation to this, why it's coming from Moshe, and why I thought that Bush would be apropos to this. When Moshe was by the snare, by the burning bush, Hashem said, go take the Yidna out of Mitzrayim. He says, who, 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 me? Moshe had a speech impediment, you know that. He didn't say that though. Anyway, Moshe had a speech, Moshe said, I have a speech impediment, I can't talk really. Get somebody else. He ultimately really wanted to send Mashiach. Don't just send me and bring them out of only this Golis and then they have to go into other Golis. Send Mashiach Lechatchila. Take them into Tzolis Lechatchila. God said, I commanded you to do something and you're reneging. You were supposed to be Kayan Gadol, but I'm demoting you now. You're becoming a lady. We explained this already, Pasha's Yisrael, the story. So Moshe is telling him, don't hesitate. When I tell you, get over there, don't hesitate, because that's how you ended up getting chosen, because I hesitated. That's why I say, Moshe, you read Bush. Because it's because of the bush I ended up into this predicament. Now that's why you're there, because of the bush. So don't be a fool and get over there. God commanded it, God commanded it. You take it and run. Um, there's a few other things we're going to, get, I think, drop the Pasha itself right now and go to the other concepts we wanted to speak about. First of all, Pasha's Parah. We spoke before the Pasha's Parah, the only Pasha of the four Pashas that is connected to another Pasha. Pasha Shkolim is the Shabbos before Shabbos Mevorachim Adar, which is closest to Nisan. As this year there were two others, so the second's other Shani, this is the one closest to Nisan. Or Shabbos Rishchidish Adar. Now, as far as Shkolim goes, we don't have any interest when Zachar is. Shkolem has no reflection when Zacher is going to be. Zacher is the Shabbos before Purim. We don't care what happened the Shabbos before or the Shabbos after. Para is the Shabbos before Chedesh. Before? Ha Chedesh. is either Shabbos Mavarchim Nissen or Shabbos Chedesh Nissen. Like Shkolem, is Shabbos Zavarchim other or Shchedish other? So too is Chedish. Para is the Shabbos of four Chedish. So if next Shabbos would not be Shabbos Zavarchim, this week would not be Para, the week after would be. Because Para does not come after Purim. Para comes before Chedish. So if a Para is the only one that's reliant on another, which is interesting, ironic, because Para talks about Para Aduma. 
And Paraduma is the Chukas Atera. That is the epitome of a Chayk. So the Chayda, it should be something that it's on its own plane, that it's its own, its own level. But yet, it has to be, it's, it has to be codependent on Pasha Sachedish. Next week, we'll talk about Pasha Sachedish, we'll discuss both Para and Achedish and their connection between the two. The Rishonarach tells us, Simon Tov Chav Tes, Chacham Mereshenim Tiknu, Bizman Shbeismilish Hayakayim, the Chacham Womesakin when the Bismilish was still existing. She is Chilo Reshenim Nidresh Berabim Hilchas Haregel Shlesh Mjem Lefne Regel. That 30 days before the holiday, the sages of the generation should discuss the upcoming holiday. Um, I sent out already an email today. Um, to that effect, of the Shleish Miyam Kedem Achag. That's because I'm already asking for my Chitim. It's a separate entity at the moment. Because the expenses of the Yamtiv are starting to pile up. Pesach is a very expensive holiday. The only problem is that it comes 30 days after Purim, which is not cheaper. Still, I hate that one day is quite a budget. Therefore now, as Pesach comes into play, as Pesach now starts, and we have to start discussing the Yom Tov of Pesach, there is much more to learn about Pesach than there is to learn about Purim. Therefore, the halachas have to be learned way in, well in advance. The simon, pretty much, first simon gets devoted to discussing how, what, and when this whole concept has to be done, and how the money has to be raised for Yomtev. It then also goes into Chaydish Nisan. We don't fast in the month of Nisan. We also don't say Tachnun in the month of Nisan. The only fast day that is fasted on the month of Nisan is Tainus Becheris on Erev Pesach. But, in most cases, a siyam is made in a shul so that the Becher can eat. Because it's a Siddhis Mitzvah. If we could arrange a bris every year of Pesach, that would also work. Schwang. <laughs> we must be coming towards the end of this year. Nobody reacted to that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> actually getting up. We need a volunteer. Anyway, um, they need a, you know, they need, uh, I don't know. They need a volunteer for, uh, you know, for CM. They find somebody to make a CM. If you're able to you know, volunteer, we need a volunteer for a bris today. Uh-uh. Um, the reason we don't say Tachlan throughout the month of Nissen 
is because we say the Nasi, the first 12 days, each day, as we discussed today in today's Pasha, which was from Mishchedesh Nisan, each day a different Nasi brought a carbon for the Chanukah Samizbeh and Mishkan. And since each day a carbon was brought, it was a Yomtev for that Nasi. And for his Shevet. And if it was a Nasi for the Shevet, then it was a Nasi for all the Jews. And it became a Yomtev for all the Jews. So 12 days of the month is Yomtev. So you're not going to say Tachnan such Yomtev. Then comes Pesach for 8 days. So 8 days and 12 days is already 20 days. So which is the majority of the month. Since we don't say Takhna for the majority of the month, we don't say for the rest of the month. And I know people that uh, have a tendency to do that with the week also sometimes. If it turned out most of the week they didn't say Takhna, they said the rest of the week we don't say because most of the week we didn't say. It's pretty, pretty thin. Or non-existent, rather. Um... A Tainus Cholom can be fasted. Tainus Cholom is a very, very severe thing. It comes to a totally different level. I don't want to go into the actual concept of Tainus Cholom. But I've told many times the story of Tainus Cholom that has affected my life the last few years since I heard the story. My uh, parents have a Mechutten. My youngest sister lives in Germany. She's in Frankfurt, Germany, Shliach. And um, her Schwer became an almond a few years for a few years he was uh, he had lost his wife so he unfortunately became a navanad between the children and unfortunately to anybody not just to his children have to be very special kids but the children they look after him although he was able to pretty much capably look after himself but kids at one time his daughter called him up and says Tata comes to Essen Kamitiri says fasting fasting today the daughter really grabbed the calendar Maybe she missed something. And she looks and she says, she can fast today. There's no fast today. What do you, why are you fasting? She says, he's fasting at Tainus Cholom. Tati, you're fasting at What did you dream? He says, Tati, what did you dream? That you're so... Finally told her he had a dream that he overslept saves man Krishna. Krishna has to be read by us till a certain time of the day. He had a dream that he overslept it. And this was something so far-fetched from him in his life. And it would have been such a pain, God forbid, to him, that such a thing should ever happen to him, that by have, by seeing such a thing happen to him in a dream, it caused him to fast. So to me, this, this it shakes my, my, my core. When we don't say Tachnan, we also don't say Lam Natseach Yancha in between Ashe and Uvalatien. And therefore we make that up, we compensate that before the recital of Tilim, the daily portion of Tilim. So that we make up for that. We also say each day the Nasi Hayyim. The Nasi that brought the carbon that day, we say, and this is the Kriya of Hanukkah. In the back of the Siddur, there's also a Yehiratzen 
that says that if I come from this Shevet, I should therefore... So the question then comes about, though, how could it possibly be? If a fellow knows that he's a Kayan, then how could he possibly say that if I come from this Shevet? And that's where intermarriage comes into the into play. Um, we'll get into that at a total different time. Erev Pesach and Chal we don't say Mizmah Seidah. Erev Pesach, because there's no time to finish it off on Erev Pesach, and on Pesach itself we don't say it because it's Chametz. Um, okay. On Erev Pesach morning we get up as early as possible to get to Shul, so that you can finish your meal before the fourth hour of the day. So that when it comes at night, it's extremely important that we have the appetite for matzah. This is uh, pretty much going into the Erev Pesach mitzvah, that the person has to watch out. Um... And then those that had a custom to take off some of the flour that they were going to that they ground for Pesach, and to make from it dafka bread beforehand or something to eat it before Pesach, and best to give it to the poor people. Um, for the record, next Thursday we're baking matzahs. So anybody that wants to join our group, there might be a few pounds still available. Um, we take Mayim Shalom on Wednesday night. That's by Shkia time. It's about seven. 7.15 and then Thursday from 1 o'clock on we conquer the bakery we tear it down and we put it back up again everything comes off the foils, the papers, everything has changed um, each matzah has its own stick Don't sticks don't go through a whole 18 minutes but every time the matzah is brought the person rolls out a matzah they have to give up their stick also they're given a clean stick to roll the next matzah out with so there's no chance of any anything getting stuck in the stick for 18 minutes um, the bowl that they mix the dough in is not changed every 18 minutes also it's changed every dough um, the sticks that they put the matzahs on to put into the oven are, are, are sanded down each time matzahs are taken into it and there are many other hidurim which cause it to be, I'll clear right back, which cause it to be quite expensive. But it's, yachasid, not so bad. Comes out to three, four dollars extra a pound. But you know that you have matzah mitzvah, which are hidurim. So, anyone that wants to join, let me know.